Skip beep beep dee 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 Oh, I'm glad we timed that because we did not plan that. Um, the special edition review podcast for Jurassic World, right? Yep, we're still in world territory. We're world, okay. Well, this is global. This movie, Jurassic Global, um, Jurassic World, Dominions, and like the Minions, Dominion. banana, banana. Meatball, sorry. Meatball, meatball. Um, Spaghetti underneath. Ravioli, ravioli, ravioli. Oh, we're excited to talk about this one. Welcome to the Review Podcast Special Edition Jurassic World. I am Anthony. And I'm Bree. And this is a podcast in which we review movies. And today we didn't review the movie. This is our first time seeing it. This is a review, but not a review. This is our first viewing of the movie. We literally got out of the theater about an hour ago. So you're going to hear this in a couple weeks. Yes. Maybe a month. Um, we don't want to be jerks. Um, today today is to. uh, uh, June 13th, and I don't know when this is going to come out. Um, we had to wait because so Anthony wanted to see it in the Dolby, so um, we couldn't see it on the day it came out because we couldn't go to the Dolby. Gotta go to the Dolby. I, I insisted upon the Dolby Atmos Theater at the AMC. Uh, we're members of the AMC A-list because we go to the movies Plug. quite often. And I think it pays for itself, honestly. The Dolby Atmos Theater is about $22 or $23 uh, estimate for the cost of a ticket. So I think you like we, we got our AMC A-list money's worth through just going to the Dolby. And we got a, a pretty freaking cool experience out of it. I don't know if you noticed, Bree, the surround sound actually like surrounds you because i was listening at the end of the movie not to spoil anything yet but at the end of the movie there's like the sounds of rain dripping and i felt like i was in there because i was like wow it sounds like the rain is all around me so that was kind of cool i insisted upon the dolby atmos he did he did and i don't fight with anthony because he entourages everything for me so that i don't have to do any work entourage so um so here we are and we are uh gonna wait to uh, we're recording this on 6 13 but we're gonna wait to uh put this up for maybe about three weeks um afterwards i think we're gonna do until it leaves theaters not until it leaves theaters it's gonna be a while but we're gonna do uh where we left off in a recording schedule we got to do licorice pizza for this upcoming saturday and then frank and weenie um, which will be re- reviewed after that. And then the week after that, I think, is when I'm going to pop in the Jurassic World Dominion uh, uh, podcast. So we're giving a, a leeway period, a grace period for the movie to be out and for um, just so we don't not necessarily spoil things for people that may still need to get out there and see the movie. So uh, that's where we are right now. Bree. How is your uh, how's your week been? Um, you know, it just started and it sucks, so that's life. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna do a lot of like, be. This is a special episode. Not a lot of BSing here. No, on this we, episode, we have a lot less uh, to BS about, considering like you're we, home. We also have an episode coming out like this upcoming Saturday, so we, I don't want to get through the BSing now. I want to save it for uh, later on. This is a special episode though because we started 
basically started the review podcast reviewing two movie franchises. The first was Halloween and the second was Jurassic Park. So as we bid our so long to Jurassic Park a few weeks back, uh, I don't know, maybe about a month or two ago, we're back. We're back, baby. And this is the final installment as far as we know. Do you think they'll actually stop with this? Um, Probably... For a little while. You think a little while? You think we're going to get like a another requel in a few years? Well, now like anything can be a Jurassic World movie because there are dinosaurs like loose. Yeah. So like, I so this movie turned out a lot different than what I thought it was going to what be. What did you think it was going to be going into it? I thought like companies were going to like rival each other and like build like super powerful like hybrid dinos and it'd be like trying to stop. Hybrid dinos, as in human and dinosaur hybrids, no, like, like the original in, like, Jurassic Park. Like 4? the biggest, baddest dinosaurs to make like weapons. Dinosaurs with freaking laser beams attached to their heads. Weapons, and I was like, oh, that would be like a weird, like kind of way to go with it. But that's what I thought it was until we got there and started watching it. I guess I haven't been really keeping up with trailers because I really wanted I to be. Re- su- I really wanted to be surprised. Yeah, I didn't really watch too much going into this movie. Um, Because I kind of wanted to be surprised by it. I will say, as we're going to skip our BSing session and go straight into the movie, today we're reviewing Jurassic World Dominion, the third installment in Colin Trevor, director Colin Trevorrow's uh, Jurassic Park sequel trilogy. Um, And we're going to tie a nice, uh, uh, wrap a nice bow on this franchise for right now, because I thought it ended... In a way where it's like, if they wanted to end the franchise here... They could. You could totally end... Like, all of our characters end up in a better place. Mm-hmm. Or in a, a comfortable place, I should say. Whereas in the other movies, it's always been... At least in this trilogy, it's always been... You know, what's next up on the board? How do we progress further? Well, now it feels like there's not much story to tell. Unless you put freaking laser beams on top of their heads i think the next like way to go is like competing world powers creating the most powerful dinosaurs they can to just write it just write the movie that's what that's what i think that's where you could logically go next but i feel like our this that's too big for our characters you know what i mean like what if they did space dinosaurs in space Hear me out. We, that's the that's the way we solve it. We just shoot them all in the space. Yeah, yeah. Now it's for the aliens. So hear me out here. I think that they space should do alien dinosaurs. Jurassic Park, like, uh, gar- like Guardians of the Galaxy, Jurassic Park Universal, right? Instead of Jurassic World, Jurassic Universe. How does that sound? No, I, 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 she I'm vetoed. Gonna, it. I'm gonna veto it. She vetoed executive um, order. So this was a very interesting movie for us to watch. Um, me being such a big fan of the series, um, feeling a little bit let down after World, after Fallen, World, and, and, and Fallen, Fallen Kingdom, Kingdom, where I guess the magic of the first three is like it's dinosaurs. I and I feel about like that too and. This is where we we mess up. It's like we keep like trying to make it bigger and scarier and and it's just like dinosaurs is enough. 
we are falling into the same trap that Owen criticized Jurassic World, the park, for. You want to go bigger and you want to go scarier. They're dinosaurs. They're magical enough, you know? And I agree with you, Bree. I, I truly do agree with you because when I was watching this movie, as we were sitting in the theater, you know, I took a little bit of notes on my phone, but not enough that, not as much as I normally I would have take. to ask him, what are you writing? I wasn't writing Just anything. like tiny notes. I was I just like enjoying the film. Yeah. Um, I, th I thought that I, w I was sitting there and I was thinking dinosaurs have never looked as good as they did in 1990 what was it 94 jurassic park comes out i noticed something about the first the, the animation of the dinosaurs in this one that bothered me what um there's a scene where the like the like the brontosaurus or the brachiosaurus because it doesn't have the crest so i'm was a little confused about what dinosaur it is the loch ness monster okay is walking and the way the foot raised was like a weird angle an unnatural angle and i was like is that just like an editing mistake you know it could be a lot of things it could be in and if we're if we want to give the animators and visual effects artists kind of the benefit of the doubt i want to say i didn't do too much research on this movie in the behind the scenes but i want to say that this movie may have been filmed before covid i'm not sure though don't quote me on that if we are giving the movie the benefit of the doubt then COVID really screws up a lot of visual effects work. Doctor Strange suffered because of it. Be like, the visual effects on Doctor Strange aren't great because of everything that had to do with COVID and getting our visual effects department back up and running. Um, when, like, the She-Hulk trailer came out not too long ago and everybody was, like, pooping on the visual effects. Like, and it's like, you just gotta give them time. Yeah, we're still recovering from COVID. Yeah. I just thought there was one, like, it was the twist of the foot and I wish I could have taken, like, a video of it. Because mm -hmm. I was like, man, like, that's a weird angle. And we'll, like, that was, like, the one thing I noticed. I know you noticed more. I noticed more. So, let's start from the beginning. Okay. And let's start from... Jurassic Park 1. Thematically, in Jurassic Park 1, we get like a couple of different, like a major, I guess not a couple of different, but a major theme here, which is you didn't think about whether you should. You only thought about whether you could. And I asked you after, the, ooh, I almost just dropped my water all over the table. Um, I asked you after the movie, because I, I was reading, like, the comments on Reddit about this movie before we went into it. Mm -hmm. And somebody said, this is the most Michael Crichton-esque movie, which, because a lot of the criticism around this movie is just that it's boring. Well, here's the thing. And someone's like, Michael Crichton books aren't very action-packed. Michael but... Crichton's books aren't about dinosaurs. Yeah. They're, they're about... They're about people. So what do you prefer? Do you prefer the movie about dinosaurs or do you prefer the one that's a little bit more faithful to Michael Crichton's vision of Jurassic I Park? I feel like this one is like you get, I guess I'm like a science nerd and like I really like paleontology. Shut up, nerd. And, and <laughs> like, I mean, paleobotany is really cool. And stuff like that. So I thought, I was like, oh, I love that we're getting um, Ellie Sattler back, um, Alan Grant back, Ian Malcolm back. Because, like, they made it 
science e. I thought about that too about the Whereas first movie. Whereas the world, it's theme parky. Nobody really knows the science behind anything. I thought about that too because as I was sitting in the movie and they brought back Ian Malcolm, Grant, and Sadler, I was thinking about the first movie and I was thinking about how this is a movie where it's like we want to legitimize the park by bringing in experts people who know their shit about dinosaurs and about botany and about like the environment and how this could impact the environment chaos theory and things like that like you said very science based and i i think you make a very good point here with the world trilogy where it's like no one's qualified this isn't this isn't science this is action you know what i'm saying I guess what I thought about, like, in retrospect about the world trilogy is this is more Fast and the Furious. This is taking Jurassic Park and making it Fast and Furious action franchise. Because it kind of, it was more adventure, you know, with Lost World and, like, Jurassic Park 3. It was more adventure and, like... I, my my criticism of the Lost World was that you took Malcolm, a scientist, and made him an action star. And here is my thing about the World series. It's like who and it uh, t- not to interrupt you, but Kaido is our little raptor. Kaido is uh, standing right next to me. So if you hear jingle on the mic, that is me petting him to calm him down, and uh, he's a little excitable right now. So. My big criticism of the World Series has been there aren't any scientists. There aren't, like, the credible sources. Wu is the only one. Wu is the only person, and Wu is traditionally a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so then when we get these characters, these returning characters, it's like, oh, finally, we have people who know what they're doing. Yeah. And yeah. I also feel like the things that they do, like Grant and Sattler do in this movie, Owen and Claire could not do because they don't this is not something that they do well the whole like grant like the subplot with Grant and Sadler is based in science they're trying to figure out why and we're going to get through everything yes we're uh, going to fill step you by in. step they're trying to find out why these like crustaceous period locusts are only eating grain that's not uh, from Biosyn, the company, which we'll get into all of the deets in which a minute. Biosyn, that's a callback to our first episode we talked about uh, about our Jurassic Park series. Biosyn is the competing, um, t- like science firm in comparison to InGen that was Hammond's. Firm. The the character Dodgson, the character who leads Biosyn in this movie, same guy, same character. I don't know if you picked up on that. Same character that uh, leads Biosyn in Jurassic Park 1. Not the same actor, but the same character. Lewis, I think his name's Lewis Dodgson. Um, so that's kind of cool. Nice little callback there. Um, I think... And, and general thoughts on the movie before we even begin to dissect this step by step. Did you like it? I liked it. I did, but you know, I have I have criticism of it because it it wasn't like my favorite. And that's how I felt too. I felt like it was. Um, I don't want to say entertaining because I do I do agree with some of the critiques about it being boring a little okay, bit. But 
to what a casual viewer would think is boring i thought oh i love this science based like actual grounded in thought and like this could be a like a global devastating event like this is really interesting stuff for people who like science sure yeah i, I would agree with that it's, um, it's boring for the same reason that like the first act of park is not but as interesting I, and, and yeah that's what i was going to bring up too how is this the pacing of this movie different than the pacing of jurassic park one because jurassic park one is a slow movie I know, and, and, I, and, that's and there's my not a lot of dinosaurs. That's my criticism of the criticism of this movie. Yeah, is like the pacing is almost on par. The last act of the movie is where you get most of the action. But here's where I think that this movie's pacing differs from Jurassic Park. They 1. do have action sequences in both the the first act and second act. In this movie, yes, yes, but I think the pacing is and why like this one is a bit more boring to me than jurassic park one is because they're the magic like the magic of jurassic park one was we want to see like the dinosaurs and you're like the anticipation of seeing the dinosaurs the anticipation of seeing everything happen around the park i think that's that's what stops jurassic park one from being a boring movie is because like the mystique of the dinosaurs is in there and you're just anticipating seeing the dinosaurs whereas in this one we know the dinosaurs are there we know that they're there we, we know open that... up with dinosaurs exactly exactly and some of the human subplot in this movie i think is a little boring and i say that you know i say that with love because i love the jurassic park series however um I just like I guess I wasn't into the whole locust subplot whereas I was into it I thought it was interesting but I don't think that they capitalized on it enough I think that I, told, I feel like I, told there was, this. I, I feel like there was more to it and they cut it out I would agree with that because I told Brie in the car when we were coming home I said I think that that locust subplot is like or like the reason why this movie is a movie is because of the locust and I think that's a good, you know, conflict to have and a good plot to have for a different movie. Because I'm going to the Jurassic Park movie. I don't want to see the locusts. I'm not a bug guy. You know me. I, don't I like know. Bugs. But I, I want to see the dinosaurs. To which I felt like in this movie, dinosaur up until the third act dinosaurs were just i even wrote a note on it i said dinosaurs are used as props almost for these action sequences like there's that scene in uh what, what country were they in um malta malta they were in malta and there was like a fight sequence with owen and the poachers but the dinosaurs were used almost as like background tools almost like so you're not going to understand this reference because you don't play the game as much as i do but people listening who do play the game are going to understand this reference in mortal Kombat. <laughs> in mortal Kombat, there's like different things that if you press buttons at certain times on the map you can use like an item in the background to like throw at your opponent or throw them into and i felt like the dinosaurs were almost used like that where it's like these aren't like credible threats these are just props that these two ca human characters that are fighting are using 
You know what I mean? Whereas I saw it as now we're fighting and there's also dangerous stuff here. Is <laughs> we're we're fighting, but also dinosaurs. You know, like we we kind of shoehorn the dinosaurs into the. Well, fight. I feel like okay, so it's been years since Fallen Kingdom. Since Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, I think they said like five years, right? So people have Four been years? coexisting with dinosaurs and here's the thing, to, to an extent where there's a black market to, to the extent there's a, a and there's a rising dinosaur population yes and they're they're reproducing in the wild and they're breeding dinosaurs yes and you have to think okay that owen claire Maisie, Maisie, and a lot of our main cast has extensive experience with dinosaurs like extensive like they're they're not they're running into them like claire's breaking and entering to get dinosaurs owen's herding dinosaurs like ridiculously but bt which we'll get into into. there's no way that man is stronger than a dinosaur i'm i'm putting my foot down i looked at brie i said what i thought that was the most unbelievable bullshit that the whole movie had (laughs) i was like if anything i could i could suspend my disbelief for so much i was like but at that point i was like "Mm, no yeah i i don't know i like i thought it was okay i guess i thought it was okay i thought it was better than fallen kingdom like for sure better than fallen kingdom i feel like they actually like had a plan oh because fallen kingdom stunk fallen kingdom was two movies packed into one and neither was fully developed exactly whereas this movie felt a little bit more fully developed except for i think the locust subplot might have had some stuff cut out like you said um so do you have any other general thoughts because i mean there's there's a lot of stuff that i kind of want to get into that i made notes on that step by step you know we can get into let's get into let's get into it dive right into the dinosaur movie hold on to your butts because we're getting into it my butt hurts by the way yeah because working out all right so let's get into it uh jurassic world dominion released in june of 2022 starring sam neill oh god uh jeff goldblum i was almost gonna say ian malcolm (laughs) <laughs> um, like he's a real dude. Um, Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern, uh, Owen, <laughs> Blue, Baby Blue, uh, Beta, and uh, oh god, what's her name? Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, Chris Pratt. Um, was that it? Did I miss anybody? I don't know Important? the actress who plays Maisie. Yeah, I don't know her name, but you know she did a good job. Um, directed and written by Colin Trevorrow, Derek Conley. Um, as the third entry in the Jurassic World sequel trilogy to Jurassic Park. Now, to kind of recap some stuff about where we left off, uh, Jurassic World, released in 2015, had us at an open theme park that had already been established. Hammond's dream has been realized. We have a theme park of dinosaurs. Well, we're splicing DNA and we create the Indominus Rex. That bitch gets out and kills everybody. Gotta evacuate the island. Sorry, so sad. And then the island is left, but then the island is going to explode. Fast forward a few years after the park closes. Well, now the island has a volcano that's going to explode. So now we need to get all those dinosaurs off the island in Fallen Kingdom, which we do. However, 
we find that there is black market transactions where the rich and the elite in our society are wagering and bidding outrageously low amounts of money for dinosaurs. And uh, meanwhile, a splice between a raptor and the Indominus Rex, the Indoraptor, is let loose on the mansion of the Lockwood family. Uh, Mr. Lockwood, Benjamin Lockwood, silent partner for Hammond, has a granddaughter, Maisie Lockwood, who we find out is a genetic clone of his daughter, Charlotte. And I think they do it better. I'm not retconning, but like, you know, like... If Did they retcon? No. She is a clone, but her, her mother did give birth to her. So, her, yes, and I was going to bring this up later. Charlotte Lockwood gives birth to herself. Yes. Does she have lizard DNA? No. So How was she able to do that then? Because they um, said, she said Blue has lizard DNA. They said she is smarter than Wu. Like, it's established that she is... She impregnated herself. She did some weird gene gnome stuff and she gave put a fertilized embryo in her. She put a fertilized embryo in her or she... <laughs> Uh, at, the, at the risk of sounding vulgar here, she inseminated herself yes. artificially. Yes. That's weird. But I'm willing she to wanted, believe it. She said she wanted, a, they, she wanted a child very badly. And she wanted to give that child the life that she could not have. Because it's, we find out that she had like a genetic disorder that was going to make her die at a young age. So she spliced genes and like was able to change the genome sequence of her clone to give the, her now daughter a, ch a chance at living a longer life that she could not have. Yeah, okay, sure. I believe it. <laughs> I'm rolling with it, Brie. I don't care. My suspension, after I saw that man wrangle a, a dinosaur with his bare hands, I, my suspension of disbelief is poof, out the door. Um, I'll accept anything you throw at me at this right. point. So uh, where we pick up in Jurassic World Dominions is we are oh god i forgot the biggest like point at the end of fallen kingdom they release a bunch of dinosaurs onto the rest of the population so now dinosaurs roam free and coexist with human beings jurassic world dominion we pick up years later owen claire and Maisie are living in a cabin secluded from the rest of the world because biosyn a company is looking for uh Maisie. Because oh, like she's the whole government's like, looking for her. Everybody looking for this girl. And she can't go out. Uh, that's one plot point. Um, dinosaurs are now roaming free and kind of uh, trying to coexist with human beings, but also like being very evasive. And humans don't know how to react to it. And like people are dying and people are getting hurt and dinosaurs are dying and dinosaurs are getting hurt. Nothing is going right. Can we talk about something for a second? Yes. Because... While we started with that, like, Vice-esque video of the reporter looking at, um, you know, dinosaur impacts throughout the world and kind of recapping us on the situation, my initial thoughts were, I don't think that dinosaurs can ever coexist with human beings. And we brought this up a little bit on the Fallen Kingdom podcast. This so we talk about ecological collapse in this movie. That in itself, dinosaurs co trying to coexist and roaming freely with humans, I think, and I'm no scientist, but I think that would be 
grounds but for they, ecological collapse. But they talk about how they're like wrangling some of them up and putting them in preserves so that they're not like Roman free. But you can't eradicate these, especially compies. You're not getting rid of compies. You are. They multiply like like rabbits and they are small. Did So was it one of these Jurassic Park movies that talked about the food chain? And like they talked about the uh the environment of these animals that it's like if you release a bunch of dinosaurs whether they be herbivores omnivores or carnivores onto woodland areas or even the water like the uh god what's the name of the dinosaur that's in the water Masiosaurus? Ma- Masiosaurus? That one, I think, is the worst ecological disaster. I'm saying, you fuck up so many That's like so having many Megalodon in there. Yeah, you. so you screw up so many environments and, um, like, so the reason why, like, you need wolves in a, in a forest, right? Because wolves, like, kill this animal and keep Deer. that... Po- Keep, kill deer and they keep that population under control but what happens now when you have like velociraptors roaming well, around actually, the woods killing wo- wolves so our our wolf population in the united states is i believe endangered or at least um like threatened so actually releasing these animals into the wild to control because our deer population is uncontrollable like our the deer are like we need a of like an apex predator to eat deer because our deer populations they're out of control. Sure. So this could actually help the United States mid like the Midwest and like the But but they're not just eating wolves. They they are eating the deer. They are eating the bunnies. Eating they're deer. eating the fox, you know. They're killing every animal that's out there. I I have to imagine that that's going to have some negative ramifications on the whole like ecosystem of these areas right or am i wrong no you're right like it's gonna it's we gonna can't dis- just accept that they're gonna be like peacefully coexisting it's they're gonna, gonna dis- fuck up the ecosystem it's gonna disrupt the ecosystem because the herbivores are gonna take like food from the other herbivores that are naturally living in that space but it is survival of the fittest either the dinosaur population is going to die off or it's going to be the yeah, I just think that they accept this much more than they It's like, should. okay, are you willing to let wolves, the population of wolves die out because now the apex predator is something different? It's like the triceratops or something. A triceratops is an herbivore. Oh, I see. You got me. Are we going to let the deer population die out because now we have like triceratops and all this stuff? And But can a wolf take down a triceratops? No. No. Absolutely not. They had but maybe a lion, movie. but maybe a lion, because like the triceratops are hanging out with the elephants. That's what I was gonna say. At the end of the movie, the triceratops are roaming around with the elephants. So I don't know. Do lions take down elephants? They do. Oh, she's nodding her head. Um, I don't know. I don't know the food chain. That's the thing. Like I'm not. This this is not a man of science. No, I'm a man. Of, I just watch the movies. He's, he's a man of art, <laughs> culture, culture. Um, so. I think that was like my first gripe with the movie was how easy that we are to accept that everybody else accepts. You have no choice but to accept. But nobody's taking it seriously enough. I guess maybe time has passed. Okay, Anthony. Go on. COVID. (laughs) 
Yeah. Wait, what about COVID? Did people stop what they were doing because of COVID? Oh, no, you're good. Yeah, good point. <laughs> good point, Bree. Yeah. Uh, you think they're going to think of be like, dinosaurs are a hoax. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen one in Have you ever seen, uh, Dinosaurs are a hoax as they get eaten by a T-Rex. <laughs> listen, listen. I, I'm just asking questions here. Why would the government tell us that there are dinosaurs, real life, living, breathing dinosaurs roaming around our urban populated areas? Now, you're going to look at me and tell me that that is not a hoax. The government, it's big government. It's the elite. It's the deep state telling us all about dinosaurs when we know for a fact and they know for a fact that dinosaurs do not roam urban areas i'm just asking questions i'm just asking questions brie you know why is I, nobody asking the questions because that's this, this podcast is brought to you by on it this is uh brought to you by shadow <laughs> um can you imagine the dinosaur conspiracy podcast that would be going on in this universe brie what do you think joe rogan's take is about dinosaurs like in universe do you we think Joe Rogan would be a dinosaur? You just have to take them and push them somewhere else. <laughs> Do you think like they're like anti-dinosaurers in this universe that are just like, no, it doesn't exist? No, because like they're <laughs> eating people. <laughs> oh, but you know, people were dying from COVID. That's and what they, I'm saying. They're like, like, it's a hoax. Yeah. Okay. Good points. Good points all around. Um, uh, so we get this uh, after that opening sequence we get another kind of opening sequence where it's claire and the two minor minor characters from fallen kingdom um they go to a illegal dinosaur breeding ground and they steal a sick dinosaur and they don't follow up with that yeah they do no they don't isn't it at biosyn no so they don't fall. Okay, so they. I rescued, thought it was at Biosyn. They, they were like, we found the dinosaur. Like, okay, so they do because the Claire goes and tells them right that this is a breeding ground and all that stuff. But I thought they were leading towards. After I was like, okay, so that people are not. It's not going to be a war movie about dinosaurs. I thought it was going to be like, an, like a disease kind of like unknown diseases. Of oh these yeah, dinosaurs. because they were like this dinosaur is. Is isolated why and it kind of was like it's not gonna the veterinarian says it's not gonna last long and i'm just like are there diseases we don't know about that these dinosaurs have and now the, this is gonna be like a like a global disaster like monkey pox and co the covid <laughs> the SARS virus. <laughs> i'm like oh my gosh like but they don't take that they don't go that route either um, maybe they're opening it up for maybe. the future but then but then they go and they talk about like the dinosaurs have this immune system that can genetically help human beings and cure cancer and like all this types of disease. But we don't stop to think about, okay, what kind of diseases would dinosaurs then bring to human beings, right? Like diseases that we never even thought would have been a thing are now being brought to human beings. If COVID started from animals, right? What markets animals people eating diseased animals then what's stopping people what's, from eating diseased 
dinosaur right and like you have a whole outbreak like this if uh in the movie contagion with matt damon gwyneth paltrow like the whole thing starts because like a bat like shat in a pig's food and like the pig ate that stuff and then somebody ate the pig and all this bacteria just got mixed and mixed and mixed and mixed until you get a disease that is like very deadly and we don't have an immune system towards i don't know man i just think that we are overlooking some of these important things that realistically might be cause for concern if dinosaurs truly roam the world in modern day truth 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 yeah so uh gosh. then we get to then we go into the more the even more ridiculous um owen this scene is wrangling wild. dinosaurs he's on a horse they're herding like dinosaurs he gets a rope around the neck of one he lassos the neck of the dinosaur and then he like jumps off the horse or he falls off the horse or something and he gets dragged by the and dinosaur he's dragged because obviously like man not strong and stronger than he dino. like pulls and it like stops he wraps the rope accidentally around like a tree stump and that's how he wrangles the dinosaur but the movie makes it look like he took this thing down with his bare freaking hands which i looked at brie and i was like what is going on so in this we, movie? So we were watching this part, and I was like, this part ruins the movie for me. There's no way. I said pound for pound. There's no way he could even stop this thing with a tree stump. How much does dinosaur weigh? Tons. That, the kind of dinosaur Tons. that was wrangled. Tons. Tons. Dinosaurs. I would have to imagine two, three cars worth of... Like, dinosaurs weigh tons. Like, they're not even, like... You're the, si you're the size of like two and a half sedans. It's like that was the equivalent of three horses. You're telling me Owen could wrangle three horses at once. The power like, of Jesus, Bree. I was like, this is this that part almost ruined the entire movie for me. Yeah, I, I was, was like, that's impossible. That that, that would have taken out the tree stump. The tree stump would have been pulled out of the ground. That's what I'm thinking. Like a tree stump is not like the roots of that tree stump are not nearly maybe as a whole tree. But definitely not the stump. That was a ridiculous scene. And then this guy has the gall yeah. to try and calm down the dinosaur and communicate with it the way he did with Blue. And I was sitting there thinking, no, that wouldn't work on every dinosaur. It worked on Blue because didn't he imprint on Blue? Yes. Or Blue imprinted on him or some something like he that? Did. He was there like he from birth from birth yeah so it works with blue because there is a relationship and, and established i like this movie because they reestablish blue as not your friendly neighborhood dog as like this this dinosaur will and can if given the opportunity kill, kill you. you yeah and owen tells Maisie that it's like nope she will kill you like you didn't train blue i did and i still can't like pet her but yeah she snaps this... at him yeah she claws him she almost like she could have killed him but she needed him to go rescue baby blue yeah or beta i like so, calling him baby blue i like i i guess i that one that scene is probably the most critical i get of this movie and then after this it's kind of like not it's that like bad typical action you know it reminded me of Indiana, like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, a little bit, especially with uh, Grant, like trying to go after his hat in one scene. I don't know. We're moving fast, but um, so 
Maisie is living with them in this cabin. And she kind of referred, like, at the first, Maisie's a teenager now. She's having teenage angst. She doesn't like to be caught up. She doesn't, so she's constantly, you know, doing what Owen and Claire say not to do. And she's like, you're not my mom. You can't tell me what to do. But, like, these, Owen and Claire are her parents. Like, whether, yeah, whether, like, whether sure. she likes it or not, they're the people who are taking care of you. They're the adults in your life. And she does care about them. I think it, she needed this wake-up call, I guess, that she gets. You that need these, to be put into life-threatening situations for like her to a realize, times. Like, these people are never going to ditch you. They're your parents. And she does refer to them as her parents later on in the movie. Yeah. So She's like, those Maisie, are my parents. Maisie goes into town and sees, like, in this construction site, a brachiosaurus just wandering about. Yeah, and she t- tells them how to make them move. Yeah. And then the, brachios- the brachiosaurus does this funny thing where while it's walking away, it kind of turns around to everybody and roar- like does, like, a little roar. Mm. And it's like, bye, guys. <laughs> so <laughs> just passing through. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Uh yeah, I said it yells goodbye at everybody. And so the po- there are poachers that were following Owen from when he was wrangling the dinosaurs. They follow Owen because they want blue. Because they not they don't want blue. They want beta. Because they know that beta is there. Because Wu told them that blue could have it's easier to capture a baby than it is to capture a adult. No, they blue. wanted beta because beta was a clone, essentially of blue because blue could asexually reproduce because she got lizard dna yes which is how Maisie was made kaido um not to interrupt you but kaido is under our table that we're recording in right now and he had his head on my legs staring up at me he wants attention so bad yeah he's like mommy daddy please stop he's my little raptor boy there were so many times where we looked at baby blue and we're like oh my god kaido does the same thing so when we're introduced to beta. Blue, beta, like Blue's running with Beta in the snow and like trying to teach Beta how to hunt, right? And Beta like trips and like, like falls tumbles in tumbles. the snow. And I was like, oh my god, Kaido does that. Like sometimes like he'd be running and he'd trip and fall. And I was like, he's not clumsy. He's just a baby. <laughs> just a baby. So yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, where else do we go? So the, so poachers, the poachers come. Yeah. They they take Beta, Baby Blue, and then they also take Maisie because Maisie is wanted by Biosyn because they need her DNA to like do breakthroughs in science because they want to eradicate disease and that's like their whole thing. What happens realistically if we do eradicate? Like, should we eradicate disease? Would that morally yes? Morally yes, but then we got to think about like the population. Well, yeah. I was like, but less people are having children anyway. Thanos was right. Thanos should have killed us all. Um, so then we get, they go to like the one guy from, what's his name? Who? Owen and Claire then when Maisie oh, is taken. Oh, like the and, dude from Detective Pikachu. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they go to him and they're like, we need your help. They took something that's really important to us, which is code for they took our daughter um, and he's like, he's working for the CIA. Yeah. And he's like, well, this is the guy and he's a poacher and we have someone on the inside. You know him. Uh, 
And it's the one rapture trainer it's, that it, worked yeah, with I'm so, Owen. I'm so stoked they brought that guy back too. And like, they didn't. They didn't. They uh, nobody killed him. I was happy about that. I was like, if there's one person that didn't deserve to die, it's the secondary rapture trainer, <laughs> right? He's like, I, he's done nothing wrong, and so he is the guy on the inside. And it's kind of like. He, they'll be in Malta. This is where it is. He's telling them, don't mess with our investigation, but also like... Get, I, get I, your I, daughter back. Get your daughter back. So obviously, go. Okay. B story. Here we go. So we are introduced to, reintroduced to Laura Dern's Dr. Ellie Sadler as she is investigating. Um, we see like these two kids feeding the chicken. In Texas. In Texas. And then all of a sudden, like a huge swarm of like giant locusts huge locusts anthony don't like bugs like attack yeah that was, i don't like it um the kids make it out uh they capture one of them and so they the woman and the farm calls sattler because that's her her specialty she knows all about plants. That's all of her alley. She wants to talk about the environmental impact of the dinosaurs. So what they, they notice is that the locusts destroy these fields of grain and crops, but only some of the... And Laura Dern looks at the field that's next to theirs. That one's untouched. And she goes, why is that one untouched? And she goes, they use biosyn grain. So Laura, uh, Laura Dern is like, something's fishy. Something's fishy about this biosyn. Why are they only going after grain that is not biosyn related or manufactured? This is weird. So she goes and visits her good friend, Dr. Alan Grant, who is still doing his paleo, uh, paleontology, archaeological stuff. And she goes to him and she's like, here's here's the thing. We get that reuni reunited. Can I... Can I talk about the introduction of grant for a second sure he so my thought about this was listen grant we have like living breathing dinosaurs running around the world why are you still digging for bones and then i thought about it and i reflected on it a little bit his whole thing is this is real science this is real this is real this is and doesn't he say in jurassic park three he's like those aren't real dinosaurs. Those are theme park attraction monsters, genetically engineered. It's not real He's dinosaurs. He's like, I study real dinosaurs, ones that lived millions of years ago. These aren't real dinosaurs. They've been genetically engineered. Yeah. So I thought that was a little faithful to Grant, like still having him do the paleontology, the archaeology. And then he goes on this like very short speech about uh, there's truth in paleontology. Like the truth is around us right now. And I wrote in my notes... I wish they would have kept with hit that speech a little bit. Like they, I wanted to see Grant go on that speech a little bit more because he, they almost immediately cut to like him getting called out to meet with Ellie Sadler, which is, they have, I would, this... I would have, pre so we've been talking about like how Paul Thomas Anderson sticks with his characters for maybe longer than he should. I don't think they stuck with the character enough in this one because I would have loved to get reintroduced to Grant by having him go on this big speech and tell the audience why this is truth in paleontology because those things out there aren't dinosaurs. These are real dinosaurs. Like this is the real deal. I would have liked to stick with that character a little bit more in that scene. I think we get, I think it's been known for quite a while that like the Jurassic Park fans always wanted Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler to end up together. 
Um, that was like a real big want, especially of young Brianna. Oh my goodness. She thought they were like perfect for each other. They both love science. <laughs> that was in your fanfic somewhere. I've never written fanfiction. I, I'm just not a good writer. So Ellie and uh, Grant. They reunite. Re reunite. And they're checking up on each other. He is unmarried. No kids. She is divorced. Kids in college. Yes. Divorce. His ears pick up. Oh, divorced. Divorced. Are you happy, Ellie? Like, and she just goes on about like, I'm living the Alan Grant life where I'm happy and I'm free and all this stuff. And I want to know when they, f the order in which they film these scenes, because it seemed like to me at least, and people might disagree with me, but I felt as though Sam Neill and Laura Dern in this scene were like phoning it in. Like they didn't want to be there to film that scene but then in like the third act i think it picks the like their acting picks up a bit more um and it looks like it depends the, thir on the third act is like immensely better than the rest of the movie and it seemed like our actors wanted to be there filming in that sequence in that last act of the movie but for the rest of the movie everybody seemed like they were maybe you know not super enthused that they had to be filming that movie um, so it was just, it, it was interesting. I want, I would like to know the order in which they film these scenes. Cause if they filmed that introduction scene last or towards the end of their shoot, it would make sense as to why that scene feel like it felt like they were phoning it in a little bit. I just thought it was a nice reintroduction. We get these two and she's like, are you coming with me or what? Like. Because she's like, we got Malcolm invited me to go to Biosyn. Malcolm works at Biosyn. Yeah. And she's like, I need to go steal a sample from their lab. So she's like, to compare it to the locusts I found in the wild to prove that Biosyn's behind the locusts. Sure. Um, all right. Back to the A story. Back to the, or would you, I forget the order that this goes. Um the A story, well, we did a little bit more of the A story. Uh, Owen makes a promise to a dinosaur, which is crazy. Um, and then we are back to the B story of investigating the locusts, which now we're at Biosyn. And Brie fangirled a little bit at the mention of Biosyn because you're like, that's from the first movie. I got I got excited because you get more into like the rivalry between InGen and Biosyn. And how, now that InGen isn't around. And now that InGen isn't around, Biosyn's up to no good. And that kind of happens in the second book, um, in uh, the Jurassic Park written like books. It it follows in line with the books where once um, Jurassic Park happens, Biosyn goes in and poaches on Site B. Like, that's the whole thing. Oh, that's something that we need to talk about, too. They directly reference Isla Sorna here. And here they, they say they, the first generation of animals that they brought into their sanctuary, the Biosyn sanctuary, were from Sorna. So weird. So Biosyn is developing this dinosaur preserve right like a sanctuary they're going to bring all these dinosaurs in keep them in biosyn's territory and make that a sanctuary where when we talked about fallen kingdom we were questioning whether lost world and jurassic park 3 were canon to the series because we said 
why are they making this big deal about taking the dinosaurs off the island when the next door island, Sorna, is a sanctuary? We already established this in The Lost World and in Jurassic Park 3. So I was a little confused there. And then we said, well, well we're going to have to wait and see, you know, when the third movie comes out. And then they kind of just say, oh, yeah, they took dinosaurs off of Sorna. But then Bree and I got to talking about it in the car and I was like, that is so overly complex because why create this whole script? new biosyn like perfect like place when they could have just you done create, this on sorna exactly the writers i it, it seemed like the writers saw isla sorna as this wall that they couldn't get past we've established in the lost world isla sorna is a dinosaur sanctuary it's a preserve and now we need to get past that because we need to move our story along. And I don't know why they saw Isla Sorna as a wall rather than a tool that they can implement. Because you've now created a whole new setting that's the same thing as Isla Sorna in Biosyn, in the Biosyn territory, when you could have very easily just made up some bullshit about Biosyn buying you know, Ingen's in like... territory. And now you're back on Sorna, right? And you have a reason to incorporate Sorna and you can now bring in everything that we were questioning whether is canon. And you can say, yes, this is canon instead of this like very complicated way, way of saying it's canon way of moving around Sorna, but also keeping it canon. It, it was just weird. That was a weird explanation. Um, so we get there in Biosyn and we're introduced to uh, Dodgson, who leads biosyn uh to which i leaned over to brie and i said a tim apple type because <laughs> he looks like tim cook of apple <laughs> tim and, apple tim apple and uh we're introduced to ramsey who works directly with dodgson and kind of with malcolm as well ramsey very inviting you know says oh you know uh, dr uh, malcolm wanted you guys here and like this is everything and Tim Apple type, uh, Dodgson, has this really weird interaction with Ramsey. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he, so this is why my thought process is that there was something more behind the, the Biosyn grain, Biosyn seeds, and the dinosaurs and the locusts. Because he goes up and he's like, Are you hungry? To to Ramsey, do you do you have a do you have an in, like do you have a biosyn granola bar, and it's like is he I I but I, then like Ramsey I, didn't respond to him and like looked like he wanted to say something and then didn't say it, and to me that scene felt like it was an improvised take that shouldn't have been in the movie. You know what I mean? Like like it was a mis a take that was mistakenly put into the movie. Like it wasn't a final take because it seemed like the actor who was playing Dodgson was just like going off and then the actor playing Ramsey was like trying to respond to the improvisation but like couldn't get a word out it was just weird I would be eager to see if like the script has that interaction yeah. in there uh, so what's his face Grant and what's her face Sadler they walk in on Malcolm's presentation he's talking about chaos theory he's talking about you know, everybody, nobody considers the worst option, basically, like the worst that could happen. 
nobody considers it because it's so low of a chance. Mm-hmm. But we need to consider that. We need to change the consciousness of people to consider. And he just talks about like all of that. And then we let's talk a little bit about main story plot. Because mm-hmm. at the same time, we have the Malta stuff going down. So the poachers have taken um, Maisie. They've taken Beta. They put, flew on, on two different planes. Um, they hired an independent uh pilot the to pilot took no the pilot, the pilot took B- baby blue baby blue <clears throat> and she sees Maisie being traded off what was her name i forget oh god i forgot too and she sees Maisie being traded off she kind of asks the question like who is that and they're like don't worry about it and it, you could tell it kind of bothers her because it's like human trafficking yeah that, right that it's totally feel, human trafficking it's human trafficking <laughs> and you could tell like she's she getting paid 50 grand to transport this dinosaur and she's like i'm gonna look the other way yeah, so then when we get into, like, the underground kind of black market, Claire runs into her in the bathroom, and she's, like, trying to, like, talk to her, and she's like, I want no part of this. Like, you're a tourist. Get out of here. Like, this is not a safe place. And Claire follows her out of the bathroom. She's like, have you seen, like, have you seen her? And shows her a picture of Maisie, and she kind of is like, is that your daughter? She's like, yes. And she's like... I, I can't get involved with this. Yeah, so she turns turns away, but then Owen and uh, the other raptor guy see the poachers. They get into, like, a, a, conf- scuffle. a, co- a scuffle, a conflict. The dinosaurs get loose, you know. They're, they're- like a, the raptors that are trained where, like, if you... Laser trained. La- laser trained, and they'll att- go for... Whatever the- had the laser on Whatever it. had the la- and they'll ignore everything else. So, so- uh... This is where I'm saying, like, there's a scene in here where the human beings get into fist fights, but the dinosaurs are used as, like, props. Because for the first, like, two acts of the movie, we don't see very much dinosaur. And they're almost used as, like, background tools to enhance the story rather than the story being centered around the dinosaurs. And that kind of sucked because I said, why are the dinosaurs taking such a back seat in this movie at this point? Like, for a Jurassic Park movie, I don't know if I've ever seen the dinosaurs take this much of a background role in in Because at this point, it was, like, rescuing Maisie was, like, the top of the list. So And and at this point, the movie feels like an action movie with dinosaurs in it rather than Jurassic Park. We get there, though. Act three. Yeah. Um, So we have this whole sequence. It ends up with Claire gets a laser on her, and she's running away from this raptor like as fast as she can and the the pilot sees her like trying to get away and it's like i guess like i have to help she's like i have to help so she drives a getaway car tells her i have a plane like can he get that can owen get here in time she's like he'll be here but Owen also got the raptor thing it's like this whole whole huge trace but all you need to know is they both get on the plane they no one dies they're on the plane and they're headed to biosyn yes um, and at the same time, Maisie has arrived at Biosyn. Maisie has arrived at Biosyn. Wu is now working at Biosyn. He grew out his hair and he's wearing a like comfort cardigan. Then he looks he, like disheveled a bit. He looks like a guy who doesn't want to be doing what he's doing. Yes. So we find out that Biosyn had genetically engineered these locusts to eat the 
other grains so that they can make more money, right? I guess, but then Wu's kind of like, it's gotten out of control. Like, they're they're living way longer than they should be living. They're getting bigger than we that they should be getting. This seems like a shitty plan because I feel like Biosyn would be uh, called out much quicker than they were. Because like if we notice that like it, it it doesn't take much to put two and two together to say they're not eat, they're eating all the grain but biosyn grain so obviously biosyn you know has something to do with this so investigation time in the real world I feel like that would be such an obvious hint towards corruption I mean <laughs> possibly and Wu's like it's not I well thought out Wu's like I need to we need to kill them yeah and he's like no. He's like, well, then let me come up with a like a disease that I could give one and release it into the wild and it will decimate all the populations of these locusts. So they all die. And I think that's like why he's studying Maisie and wants to... Um, he wants to be able to like line item veto. I'm using politic term. He wants to like line item veto the genetics of different things like pick and choose what you don't want and what you do want what you want to change and at this time ellie um sattler and grant have talked to malcolm malcolm and he kind of leads them to the coffee shop so that there can be blender noises and tells ellie ellie here's like a wristband to get into this this is a place you're not supposed to go this is a place you're not supposed to go and then it gets they get on a tour from Ramsey and Ramsey's like, um, your train leaves in 30, like 30 minutes. He's like, would you like to just show, like, look around? He's like, the elevators to go look around are this way. Don't go that way. That's the restricted area that you can't go into. And like Ramsey's in on it. Like Ramsey's yeah. in on it. Like, we don't know yet 100% that Ramsey's in on it, but I, at this point, looked at Anthony and I was... Ramsey's in I, on I wanted to tell him, I was like, why would he tell them where the restricted area was? It was just like, I'm confused. Anyway, so... Oh, can we go back to Malta for a second? Sure. Holy mother of God, that raptor got clotheslined like that? That was, that was brutal. Like, oh! They So, Claire is being driven around. She's getting chased by a raptor in Malta, and she's, like, trying to like hit it but it's not leaving her alone and she puts it horizontally so that when it dry like when they drive through a narrow pathway the the big metal pole will it's act stuck. as a clothesline and it clotheslines the fuck out of this raptor it, it like it like, kills like it. takes its head off almost yeah <laughs> <laughs> like it gets it back because they're traveling what like probably 60 70 miles an hour yeah <laughs> so there were scenes in the trailer about, like, in Malta where Owen is on the motorcycle escaping the raptors. And then he goes to, like, this, uh, like, downtown main area. And there's, like, T-Rexes all over the place. We, that, we, we got that. Scene. That was in the, that yeah. was in, oh, I must have been taking notes during that time. <laughs> I thought it wasn't there in was there. There was a T-Rex and there was, like, a, what is it called? I forget the name. The, oh, uh, God. Red I know what you're talking about. One. Yeah. Which it means like devil or something <laughs> in like Latin or something. Anyway, devil. so they're fighting because it's the two same dinosaurs. Red devil coming it in. It was hot. the two same dinosaurs from the black market. They got out. Yes. Anyway. Um, uh, back to the B story. Back to the B story. So 
Sattler and Grant are going down to Meanwhile, back at the ranch. To the lab to get their sample. They go in, they get their sample, but at the same time, Maisie decides to escape. Well, Maisie learns everything about Charlotte. Yeah. And Wu tells her, like, spills the beans on everything and says, Your mom was like the, so smart. the dang smartest. And you are not necessarily just a clone. She of gave her. birth. She to gave you. birth to you. She's like, so I have a mom. And, and then like, I yeah. wrote, I wrote, Charlotte gave birth to herself. WTF? <laughs> Does she have lizard DNA? <laughs> she probably used lizard DNA to do it. But then she would have been a lizard. Lizard people exist, Brie. Listen, it's not a conspiracy. <laughs> lizard people have invaded so our planet. Macy releases Beta. And she also escapes herself. So they like sound an alarm because Anasa is loose, baby blue. And um, at the same time, it scares the locust. So Grant and Sattler get like attacked. My nightmare. That would be <laughs> my nightmare. nightmare. They do get out and then they run into Macy and there's this whole part where it's like, you're, you're Dr. Sadler. Listen, I got a bone to pick with this movie because of all of these character like meetups. When all of our characters meet up with each other, whether it's Sadler and Grant meeting up with Maisie or with the legacy cast meeting up with the new cast, every single one of them goes, hey, I know you. <laughs> you're you're Alan Grant. You wrote the book. You're uh, Ian Malcolm. Uh, you're a chaos theorist. You're the guy that trained the Raptors. Like, Everybody know is like, hey, I know you, and it's I don't know. To me, that's just like I mean, you hear uh, about people, lazy, and I guess. Like, uh, anyway. Yeah, I know you. So then we have Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler are now taking care of Macy. Uh huh. Like they take them with her with them. They're about to board the the train, and what they get is that they learn Ramsey's in on it. He's like, get on the. You have the sample. Get he's in. like, no, I told Malcolm he's about like, all, I told, I'm the whistleblower. He's I'm the whistleblower. Do you have the sample? They're like, yeah, we have the sample. And they're like, we also have her. A human clone that And I don't think Ramsey for. knew she was there. Mm-hmm. So they all get on the tr- the, the little The little train. train. Yeah. Same time. The plane <laughs> that's holding Owen oh, Grady. They're, they're trying to get into Biosyn, but they're being denied air clearance and... And they're like, no, we're coming in. And so what they do, Biosyn does, is they take down their no-fly zone thing that keeps the dinosaurs from the airspace. So then they hits the plane and kind of the only person... There's a big-ass pterodactyl, like the Quetzalcoatl something, and it just completely demolishes and this they, plane. And Owen puts Claire in the only seat that has a parachute. I got to ask you, Bree. You're the dinosaur expert. Like the Quetzalcoatl bird thing, the uh, guy that looks like salad fingers with the really long claws, um, the raptor with the feathers. Those are all cool dinosaurs. The Gigantosaurus or whatever More it's accurate dinosaur versions than Do, what we originally Are did. they real dinosaurs? They are. These are all real dinosaurs? These are all real dinosaurs. Okay. Okay. That's all I wanted to know. I didn't know if they were, like, actual dinosaurs. No, these are... I think this movie does what the other movies did not do, which is these are not genetically engineered dinosaurs anymore. We're getting, like, just more dinosaur species. Didn't they make a mention of that? Uh, Ramsey's, like... They're, like, are you splicing we DNA? Don't do that and he's, here. like, we don't do that. We're, like, we have souls or something. He says something like that. And it's, like, Jesus. 
call out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so it's like we're not monsters. She, Claire is the only one who gets the parachute, and Owen turns to her and is like, "Go get our daughter. You have to go get her. You're you're her mom, right? Like, we'll figure it out. We'll like, figure we'll it be out." Alive. So she gets. Owen goes. I promise I will never die. Yes. <laughs> Have I lied? <laughs> so Prom- she promise gets, me you'll never die. She gets ejected from the plane, and then pterodactyls cut up her first parachute, and so like the back of parachute goes, and she lands in the tree. I'm telling you, man. Every one of these movies, I've said the same thing. I would be so over dinosaurs. And then uh, Owen and survives the plane crash with the pilot. And they escape Uns- a dinosaur. Uns- and Claire escapes another Uns- dinosaur. And it's just like, everybody's getting really lucky right now. <laughs> Unscathed. None of them have a single scratch. And then we forget about them because now we're back to B-Story. Sure. Um, Where... Well, now everybody... So Tim Cook type uh, Dodgson knows, knows that Malcolm has spilled the beans. He knows that Malcolm spilled the beans and he knows that... Sadler and Grant have a sample. Exactly. So he stops the train. He stops the train. And kicks Malcolm and he out. brings Malcolm uh, into the office, fires him, and then Malcolm goes on this speech, like this rant about where I had to sit back and say, I don't know what it is with like the way that this movie is written, but it seems like Malcolm is the writers shitting on the entire trilogy because Malcolm's I wrote down the quote Malcolm says um you're exploiting people's attraction to dinosaurs and I was like if that isn't a commentary for this entire trilogy creating an action franchise out of what is supposed to be magical in the dinosaurs you're exploiting people's attraction to dinosaurs to get an action movie and I felt like that was self a self-criticism of the movie itself like a meta criticism where malcolm is the voice of all of us the audience malcolm is the voice of the audience and at one point later in the movie he goes jurassic world not a fan <laughs> i was like yeah me too <laughs> um i just have to say like he kind of like goes on, on about how like this guy exploited you gave you promotions so that you wouldn't question it when it got hairy where you weren't allowed to go in certain places and you weren't allowed to ask questions anymore he got you so loyal because of the money and exploiting your connection to dinosaurs that he was able to get you to agree to almost anything yeah so malcolm gets fired and he's escorted out but in the meantime sadler Grant and Maisie are Have. getting trapped by these other dinosaurs whose names I can't remember. I for, they're in if you've ever played they're in the game. I know. I was like, I know if what you've ever played about. the game, like uh, what are they called? It's like Jurassic World, uh, like Evolution or something. I can't remember, but they're in the game and they get cornered by these things. And uh, lo and behold, Malcolm comes in quick with the save. Ramsey gives the code to get them out of the cave. And uh, now our legacy cast is back together with Maisie. And we're trying to get to the new sequel trilogy cast. So a lot of bullshit happens in between where there are so many different dinosaur-like interactions in this movie. Like Claire is running from the thing with the long fingernails. Um, 
the pilot and Owen are running on the ice from the raptor with the feathers. Uh, shoot, what else? Uh, the, the Dilophosaurus is back in this movie, Brie. Uh, the Dilophosaurus is back and uh, comes into confrontation with Claire, but she's saved by a returning Owen and pilot lady. And then the cast gets attacked by the Gigantosaurus, correct? Yes. Like the, he, he is the largest carnivore that ever walked the planet Earth. So now we've established that like the T-Rex is there and the Gigantosaurus is there. Two apex predators. And they say yeah, they, they put two apex predators in the same valley. He's like, there's only going to be one. Yeah. Kind of like like foretelling that there's going to be there's a fight. There's going to be a fight. Sure. Um, so our main cast and our legacy cast meet up. And they're trying to get into this, like, safe base. They get attacked by the Gigantosaurus. And then they're all trying to get up there. And Malcolm does this thing that I am a little critical about in the movie. Where he kind of does the sacrifice play. Where he takes a burning, like, stick or a burning spear... And he lures the Gigantosaurus away from the rest of the cast as they make their way up to this, like, base that they need to get in. Yes. And I I know you, like, gassed at this. You said no because you thought Malcolm was going to get eight. I did. I, you thought I was, he was going to make the sacrifice play. Because then if he made the sacrifice play... You have to kill this dinosaur. Yes. we've We talked about this in the car. I said... I don't know why everybody wanted the Gigantosaurus dead for just existing. Like, it's just doing its thing. It's not anything like what we've seen in the past with some of these dinosaurs, where, like, the Spinosaurus in Jurassic Park 3 is a horror movie villain, mm -hmm. actively stalked to try to kill the main cast. That thing needed to die. Whereas the Gigantosaurus here is just living and just, like, existing but all of a sudden everyone's like we gotta kill that thing we gotta kill that thing that doesn't make any sense to me i didn't feel like it was a villain i just felt like it was just the biggest and baddest dinosaur you know and we talked about this in the car that if we really wanted the audience to feel this need for the gigantosaurus to die then we needed to give the audience a reason to make the gigantosaurus die to want the, to make the Gigantosaurus die. And I said, like, if they had killed Malcolm and he made the sacrifice play, A, the movie takes a big risk in killing a legacy character. B, you now have the audience under the, the notion of, okay, now we have a reason to dislike this dinosaur. Same thing with, like, in The Force Awakens with Ben Solo killing Han Solo. It's like, well, now the audience has a reason to hate Kylo Ren because he killed one of our favorite characters. So Malcolm not dying shows me the movie wasn't prepared to take a risk. And it shows me like I have no reason to want to see the Gigantosaurus die. I like I would like to see them get away from the Gigantosaurus, but I don't necessarily need the Gigantosaurus to die to be satisfied at the end of this movie. You know what I mean? Yes. Meanwhile, Brie has been researching a little bit. Oh, yeah, because I, I, I think I've researched this before because I remember this article pretty much talking about, okay, Gigantosaurus versus T-Rex, who would win? 
Like, what's logical? Well, we have to keep in mind, these two animals never lived on Earth at the same time. Uh, they didn't live in the same part of the Earth <laughs> either. Um, the T-Rex is a taller animal, but the Gigantosaurus is longer, like bigger um, and heavier, larger. So, um, but the T-Rex has more bone-breaking and crushing power than the Gigantosaurus, which has more of uh, cutting and slicing teeth. So they don't even have the same type of teeth. So I think the T-Rex would win because it has the jaw for crushing. Bigger doesn't necessarily mean stronger. No, bigger just better. means bigger. <laughs> yeah. We see that with pro wrestling where it's like Rey Mysterio can beat the big show. Bigger doesn't always necessarily mean better. It's like you got crushing jaws versus slicing jaws. Well, you need to break a neck. The crushing jaws would be the ones that were better yeah. suited. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've gotten away from our Gigantosaurus. Malcolm does not die. Our cast is fine. They meet up with each other. Now it's time to try to get the F out of Biosyn because now everything is screwed up. Uh, the Tim Cook type, he has tried to get rid of the evidence once he learns that, you know, things are going south. Oh, so he, like, sets the locust on fire, but then the locusts escape and they're kind of, like, falling from the sky like a meteor shower. Do you get, like, that, like, this is, like, oh, a I reminiscent, that, reminiscent of how the dinosaurs went extinct. Didn't pick that up, but I'm like, glad you pointed it out. they're falling from the sky and, like, like lava yeah essentially cool i didn't uh notice that but i'm glad you pointed that out because it does make a lot of sense it does make a lot of sense that there would be a meteor shower as the dinosaurs were killed by a meteor uh so now like all the dinosaurs are basically just like loose and you know things are going south biosyn's probably in the tank now uh and then what happens i forgot so they realize if they're going to leave um they need to put those like that the air shield the air thing. shield back on yes um so they go they're like this is on the third floor and this is where we get into third like we're, we're in the third act right now so now it's starting to feel like a jurassic so they Park get, movie they get back into the biosyn main area and they're like why isn't this working and then ramsey comes in and he's like well the power is I have a question about that because the scene prior to that is Ramsey telling uh, Dodgson like I'm done with you I don't f with you no more and, and so Dodgson goes onto the the train and Ramsey leaves but immediately the next scene is Ramsey all of a sudden finds our main character. well he's in the main building so that makes sense all right yeah I agree. it makes it makes listen sense. I'm not going to question this any more than I need to my suspension I saw him wrangle I'm. I, oh, good. you were waving me off. I thought no, there was something behind me. No, I was, was talking me. with my hand. Um, I saw this man wrangle a full-ass dinosaur with his bare hands, so, like, anything if is on the table. If he didn't have severe rope burn, I don't believe it. Okay. That's, like, my conversation. That, like, my theory about Tarzan. Oh, I'm going off on a tangent here. Well, he would have had Tarzan, years worth of calluses. Oh, my God. To see Tarzan just, like, slide down tree branches with his bare feet wow that has got to be horribly painful like oh my, ah, it reminds me of that scene from Splinter, sunny splinters ah! 
<laughs> reminds me of that scene from the episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where they're at the water park and the one slide isn't operating. So Frank <gasps> oh, goes down oh, the my slide. My stomach just went like, no water. Tw- like twisted inside you just, out. You just hear the squeak and you see the line of blood go down. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, so they get up to the third floor and he, they're, they can't turn it back on he's like that's because when there's an emergency the power all goes to power this place and so that turns off there's not enough power so they're like how do we do that well one team is set to go turn off the power to the main building while the other team is going and getting beta go team venture both of them successful claire and laura dern character ellie they turn off the power get the the stuff back on. Oh, but they hit the like they hit the buttons and the buttons don't work. So they start smacking so it with, an axe it with an axe. And I was like, wait, guys, I got it. You just have to hit it really, really hard. <laughs> and then Grant, Grady, and Maisie. You said Grady, I had no idea Owen. who that was until I remember that that's Owen's last name. They go they <laughs> get they triangulate. They do some raptor shit on the raptor. They triangulate the prey. And then attack. They shoot it with a tranquilizer. They the grab neck. it. They're good. Oh, but then he's sleepy. And then he and then Owen like wraps him up around his uh, back so that baby blue is just like sleeping on Owen's shoulder. And I looked over at Bree and I said, that is like when Kaido falls asleep on us. Yes. Aww. So now the problem is, and then the pilots got the, the helicopter and they, she's going to land it. And like, you can't land it here. He's like, well, I can't land in the valley. That's where the dinosaurs are. And they're like, no, the dinosaurs are here. Because they have those chips in them. And during an emergency, they call them back mm-hmm. to the building. So they have to land it anyway. That's the only way they're going to get it. And then when they get there, they're stuck between the T-Rex and the Gigantosaurus. They realize these animals don't want anything to do with them. They just want to fight. They just want to fight. So literally, there's this whole dinosaur fight going on. The well, they're all trying to get to the helicopter. Well, the Gigantosaurus kind of like pins down the T-Rex. We think the T-Rex is dead. I thought that they were going to make the risk of killing the T-Rex. I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they didn't. So then the, the T-Rex looks dead. And then the Gigantosaurus is fighting that bird thing with the claws. Salad fingers. Salad fingers. And I'm then, salad, man. Then we get a close-up of the, the T-Rex's eyes. And it kind of blinks it wakes up and it gets up and then it like pushes bad news for my haters it pushes the gigantosaurus on salad fingers impaling it killing it winner winner chicken dinner and they fly away into the the safety and then we actually don't get that music until the very like the credits of the movie no we get like little bits of that do we throughout every time we get like the whole like the original cast back together Um, we get that i wasn't paying attention we get that music several times throughout okay well maybe i wasn't paying attention um then they they tell the news and they tell the media and but the whole whole thing is like now they have to like they they're doing their deposition for like congress listen and then in the background so sadler and grant are in washington like ready to give their deposition to congress and we see in the background this little girl like playing with a baby raptor no it's not a raptor that wasn't a raptor looked like a raptor it was some kind of dinosaur all dinosaurs look like raptors and i was like that is horribly dangerous what if she gets a finger bitten off it's not just like any animal. These things aren't like any animal. Like you can play with a duck. 
and be fine. Like you get maybe get hurt if the duck bites you, but your finger's not getting ripped off like you would with a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We like at the end of the movie, we get this monologue of, well, now humans are coexisting with dinosaurs and other animals are coexisting with dinosaurs. And like, this is the world we live in now. And I said, this is a very laissez faire. This is the way the like, world works. And then we get like, this is like almost nihilistic. Then we get like Maisie it's and Owen and Claire just making s'mores around a campfire. Listen, we ju- we watched Family Time. We saw not too long ago Everything Everywhere All at Once. Great movie. We'll have to review it at Where some point. Where everything doesn't everything the movie is nihilistic. It's this nihilistic view or like how to transcend nihilism and say, you know Nothing matters. Nothing but- matters, but you have to make things matter. And I thought like the end of this movie was nihilistic in the sense of, well, fuck, uh, I guess we just have to live with it and we just have to make it work. But I don't think that's just like feasible. I mean, mean? it is what it is, what it is, what it is. I suppose. But everybody is in a happy place at the end of the movie. Um, Claire and Owen and Maisie are Our happy little life. family. Oh, so they return baby Blue to Blue. And Blue kind of like, thanks, bud. Blue, let, Owen and Blue have this like... They look at each they other. They look at each other like, yeah. And yeah. I was like, friends. I got a little teary-eyed at that. I was like... Like, not this friends. This is like old friends. Not friends, though, because he like very much recognizes that. This animal could kill me at any moment it chooses. Yeah, but but he has like a like a, a relationship with Blue where it's him constantly showing Blue respect, and that that's what he told Grant. He's like, we have a I didn't train these raptors like we have a understanding of mutual respect. Yes, it's like as soon as I break that respect, as soon as I don't follow through on what I say I'm going to do, and I think when they say you made a promise to a dinosaur, it's like, but that's very important to the relationship that he has with this animal. The minute he does not follow through on a promise to Blue. Blue's going to come back and kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, and not to change the subject, but do you think that Jeff Goldblum, like, do you think Ian Malcolm is just Jeff Goldblum? Yes. There are several <laughs> moments in that movie where I was like, is this just Jeff Goldblum? Because, like, several points where it was just like, this is this is Goldblum. This is Yeah. That's like when they say, like, does The Rock play a character or does he always just play The Rock? And I feel like this is where we like Black more, Adam is going to be the same way. It's like no, he, it's this is just the Rock playing himself. <laughs> I feel like it was very, very good. So the more I talk about it, the more of a fan the I more became. You of like this. it? Yeah. I mean, it's it definitely it comes before Fallen Kingdom, but that's pretty much Can it. I talk about a glaring editing error that I found in the movie as we were watching it, and I leaned over to you and I said, "Oh my God, what a big editing error." So in the scene where the Gigantosaurus is attacking the cast at that main base and they're trying to move up the ladder to get to the place where they need to go, um, Owen and Ellie Sadler are like the last to get to where they need. And Owen is in front of her and Ellie is kind of dangling and he's trying to like help her up while the Gigantosaurus looks like it's going to eat her and everything. But then they cut to this wide shot and it's so obvious that Ellie is in front of Owen, like, saving him. And it's like they couldn't decide on what they wanted to do because the next shot were back to Owen in the front. It was just weird. And I noticed it. And I was like, how did they get past the editing room? You know what I mean? They, like, in a they, big budget movie I didn't like this, notice. But that's because, like, I was, in like, involved in, like, the 
the excitement. So like, and I was ca- involved too. I think but the casual viewer would not know. No, definitely not. That's me being picky, picky, and and how I look at things. But, um, yeah, that's th- like that's, the whole movie. That was basically the whole movie. It was a really, I really enjoyable movie. I would suggest watching it. Um, if you're a fan, I mean, I read a review about this movie. I can't remember who said it, but it was like, if I knew a kid that loved dinosaurs but hated that kid. I would take him to see this movie because it makes dinosaurs so crazy uncool. And I don't know. I guess I I disagree. disagree. I disagree. I think that's a harsh review of this movie because while I do think that 75% of this movie is an action movie with dinosaurs in it rather than a dinosaur movie, I do think that that last act, the third act of the movie is the most Jurassic Park we've gotten out of pretty much the entire sequel trilogy. It's the most in line towards like what a Jurassic Park movie would be. And I have to kind of respect the amount of dinosaurs that we saw in this movie. I think this, I don't know, I guess I would have to like do the research. Do you think this is the most diverse cast of dinosaurs that we've seen? Yeah, we get like interesting dinosaurs like dinosaurs well like we saw pterodactyls like we saw the big ones right pterodactyls t-rex ankylosaurus we saw brachiosaurus we saw triceratops but then we also saw saw, like the water dinosaurs apatosaurus which is actually the dinosaur that i cave no that's the dinosaur i thought was a brachiosaurus without the crest apatosaurus so it's a larger a larger long neck animal if we're talking about different because i was looking at the the dinosaur like in order of which they appear and they don't have it's something with we a count, d we saw compass, it's something with a d dom the one with the horns no the one that's carn carnosaurus or something Carn. that's it's, you got me. it just means know. meeting like anyway I, I forget what this... we have a we have a really diverse cast of dinosaurs in this movie and i have to think that it's probably the most most diverse cast of dinosaurs that we've seen um, in any of these movies because usually like Demetrodon that's Dem- what I thought it was called but I didn't want to sound like an idiot yeah so a lot of these movies just say you know we're going to use like the big three like um, don't be messing with yeah genes so I, we see a lot of different dinosaurs in this movie and I have to respect it for that um, I just wish they used them a bit more you know I, mean, I mean I I enjoyed what it was what this movie was doing and it's crazy to me like just how different this movie is than the first one and i hate comparing the two because they're almost incomparable but um why the first one succeeded at being a slower movie and this one didn't i i like the science part i liked yeah. i liked the b story i thought it was interesting i felt like there was something missing from the b story that they probably took out to make room for the a story but i do like the more sciency aspect i wish that fallen kingdom um had more science to it because i kind of felt like there is a there is this like uh thing going off and it's like you would know that like scientists would know that so it was missing a critical science element in fallen kingdom i think that's why it scores lower than this one sure sure um colin trevorrow do you think because he's getting a lot of slack for this movie and he, uh, he, while he didn't direct Fallen Kingdom, he is getting a lot of slack for 
the trilogy in general. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you think he deserves the amount of like no, criticism he, that he's I think getting he right was, now? He's working with what Fallen Kingdom left him. Well, yeah. Wait, wait. So say that again. Then you say he didn't do Fallen. He Kingdom? did not do Fallen Kingdom. So he's working with what Fallen Kingdom left him. I think he had a part in writing Fallen Kingdom, though, like because, storyboarding it. Because I think it that this was okay. There's only so much you can do after Fallen Kingdom. I think Fallen Kingdom kind of forces your hand. I think that this trilogy had a direction that they definitely wanted to go with it. Because you can tell... Um, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, Trevorrow did write Fallen Kingdom. So you can tell like there was a notable direction. We want to end up with humans and dinosaurs cohabitating. Like, that's the Jurassic world that we want to build. So, I don't necessarily like Colin Trevorrow as a director. I think he's, you know, maybe not my style and not my type. Um, I am, I, I did like the, the script treatment that we learned about for the his unmade Star Wars movie. I thought that would have been cool. But I don't necessarily think that he deserves the amount of criticism that he's getting for this movie. I didn't think it was bad. I thought he did his job. You know, you made a you made a Jurassic Park movie that's going to make a lot of money. It's going to satisfy some fans in different ways while people are never going to be truly satisfied. And while I do think that the first two acts of the movie are slow and use dinosaurs as props, which I didn't like, I think the third act of the movie makes up for it a bit because we do get all the dinosaurs in the third act and it becomes a dinosaur movie. And it, it picks up. And I told Anthony, I was like, I feel like it really picked up. It became a dinosaur movie in the last act. Whereas like in Fallen Kingdom, the first half was a dinosaur movie. The second half was people a, movie. a people movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, does it make your list? It doesn't, but I liked it. I got to say... I liked it for what it was. I don't like poo-pooing on movies. I liked it. I'm I'm, I'm satisfied with this movie. I I'm, just think I'm it satisfied takes with really my theater-going experience. I just think it takes a lot to to top. Is like my, my favorite movie is Jurassic Park. So it takes a lot to There's top just my something, favorite movie. Something about it, and I said this at the beginning of the podcast. Dinosaurs have never looked as good as they did in that first Jurassic Park movie. And it's because that's our first introduction to mm -hmm. them. And when we watched that movie, like we watched it 20 years after it came out. And I was even like, How do they there's do this? something <laughs> special about this. You know, like it feels special. It makes me want to watch Jurassic Park again. Um, whereas this movie, it didn't feel special, but I understood what they were going for. So anything else you need to add, Brie? Um, Have we covered you, it all? If you're going to go see this movie, I suggest getting nachos. <laughs> Okay, so the AMC gave us two bags of not like unopened bags of nachos and like an unopened thing of cheese with no platter. No platter. They were like, "Here's your bags of chips, your cup of cheese, and your white blank cup." <laughs> hey, man, is this inflation hitting us hard everywhere? I bet if we went to our usual no movie theater, they would have cups with stuff on it. Probably. We were gonna get the Jurassic Park popcorn tin but we knew they weren't gonna uh, have oh it. no we're we're coming into this movie three days that's because anthony wanted to go see the, in the dolby i needed to see it in the dolby 
Hey, what did you think about the Dolby? I thought it was too overwhelming for me personally. Oh, great, because we already are booked to see Thor there. <laughs> I will. I will. At the at the beginning, I was very overwhelmed. I was using my um my my fidget while I was. Oh there. yeah. I, I was like popping my pop. I it. I really noticed the Dolby like. I I got more comfortable as we sat there, but at the at the beginning, I was like, "This is very loud," and it's overwhelming a little yeah. bit but I, I did like it i noticed the dolby more when there was like the environment like the sounds of your environment rather than the sounds of the dinosaur screeching at you <laughs> yeah um does not make my list however i did you know i liked, liked it for it. what it was yeah i'm not gonna be too i'm not gonna be a hater i'm not gonna drink that haterade on don't it. like all these people haterade. all these people on reddit uh I all would, these reviewers i want to fight them because i'm like you just don't get it i guess like you're not a science babe but i I do think people get it. I think that people are just they don't overly like it. critical. Or they don't like it. They're like, this this nerd stuff, this B story. I think a lot of the criticism comes from like the slow pace of the B story. Because I, be. feel, I feel like the A story is very fast paced. But whenever we yeah. cut to the B story, it's slower because it's a science story. Mm -hmm. I was like, sorry you hate intelligence. <laughs> sorry Brains. for being too smart for y'all. Sorry. <laughs> um... Okay, so we're going uh, pretty long with this one. Well over an hour and a half. So we liked it. <laughs> why don't we wrap it up? Um, while it does not make both either of our lists, we are bidding a farewell to the Jurassic Park franchise as this kind of wraps it up. And as far as I know, they're not making any more until they announce the next one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Jurassic Park, we bid you adieu. Adi and we enjoyed reviewing you all on the podcast and uh it was fun it was fun watching the series in totality so it has been quite a ride it has been quite a ride end of an era for us end of an era for the jurassic park no listen we got halloween ends coming up in october so then like everything's ending. then that'll be totality yeah we'll be coming full circle there um, um Next. Oh, we both ummed at the same time. Weird. Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, why don't we kind of preview what's going on in the next week? So next week's podcast, we start our actor series. So we'll be covering the... Uh, the works of... The works of Adam Sandler. And Meryl Streep. And we'll be beginning our Adam Sandler franchise, uh, taking a look thematically at Adam Sandler's growing up, how Adam Sandler tells us how to grow up with... The first movie that teaches us how to grow up, Billy Madison. And I'm just going to put you through all my favorite Meryl movies. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so we'll get to that next week. And uh, where can we find us, Brie? Um, you can follow us on the gram at review underscore pod. You could email us at reviewpodcast1 review Oh, you never get it, but you got it. Congrats. Com. And you can follow Anthony on Twitter at loser at <laughs> Twitter. That's not it. It's GLDTV1. At GLD. At GLDTV1. And if you want to get in contact with me, what you're going to have to do... Yeah, go ahead. What you're going to have to do is you're going to have to asexually reproduce. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and then the egg inside that egg will be me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> lizard DNA. Lizard DNA. I'm a lizard. Yeah. My friend. Bottom line. Bottom line. Um, cool. So we'll be back next week with Billy Madison. Uh, you can always find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Rate us that five stars and we will be back 
next week with a new series. Thank you for joining us with our Jurassic Park, uh, finishing off our Jurassic Park uh, franchise review. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will be back next week. This is Anthony. And this is Bree. And this is the Review Podcast. Thank you, thank you.